Hi, this is Craig Valentine, host of Early to Rise Radio. Have you ever wanted to become wealthier, healthier, wiser, or just have more time to appreciate the finer things in life? On this show, we reveal what high performers are doing every day to be more successful without sacrificing their personal lives. Early to Rise Radio is sponsored by The Perfect Day Formula. Get your free copy of this game-changing success guide at freeperfectdaybook.com. Now let's get started with today's show. Oh, I got to get 19 different streams of income. I got to have a vending machine. I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to have Airbnb. And then I got to, and it's like, okay, you only look at the upside of it, but the opportunity cost alone when you have too many projects. Welcome to the Next Level Income Show, where it's our goal to take your income, your investments, and your life to the next level. I'm your host, Chris Larson. If you haven't yet, get a copy of our book for free at our website, nextlevelincome.com. That's www.nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link and I'll even send you a copy if you put your address in. On today's show, we have Craig Ballantyne. Craig is known by his clients as the world's most disciplined man. He was born lazy and introverted and also suffered crippling anxiety attacks. He then spent years inventing systems to make success automatic for anyone. He built his turbulence training fitness business to over 150,000 customers and over 15 million YouTube views and owns earlytorise.com. His first book, The Perfect Day Formula, has helped over 35,000 high performers, including myself, own the day and take back control of their lives. Today, Craig coaches entrepreneurs to make more money and work less using the techniques in his Wall Street Journal bestseller, Unstoppable, and The Perfect Week Formula. And today, he's going to teach you a dad, and everybody else, how to have their perfect week. Craig Ballantyne, welcome back to the show, my friend. This is going to be a lot of fun, Chris. Is this three times now? Craig, you are the first guest to be the third time on the show. Oh, nice. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to keep this going. Like We want to have you back every year. Um, Good. So for those that don't know, the show is going into its fourth year. We're going to go into our fourth year of this podcast. Craig was my first guest was our first guest on the show um and for and for good reason i think you know um craig i'm gonna let you talk a little bit about your background but i don't know if everybody knows this story but um you sent me i got a copy of the perfect day formula several years ago and i've been following you on early to rise um which is uh, is it early to rise.net is that your no dot com dot com i'm sorry i don't know why i was thinking dot net um, yeah, early to rise.com. Um, started, started to follow Craig very shortly after you bought that. And I started to implement a lot of the things, you know, that you advocated in that book. And those lessons that I learned from you, Craig, are what allowed me to write my book. They're allowed, they're what allowed me to start, you know, my, my business while I was working on call, you know, oftentimes six days a week. And you know, I was on call for 12 years. A lot of people are like, how on earth did you do that? It's because of your your uh, lessons. So um, I'd love to let you tell a little bit about your story. Um, you know, we shared a little bit about your story in the intro here, um, but if you wouldn't mind telling a little bit about more about your story, and we're gonna we're gonna tell people how they can get your new book at the end of the show. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. Earlytorise.com has been around since I think before .net even existed. So it was invented <laughs> in uh, you know 2000, I think, is when it started online by my mentor Mark Ford. But back then, when I started reading it, it was around 2002, and I was a struggling personal trainer. I grew up on a farm in Canada, um, knew the definition of hard work, but I didn't know the definition of smart work, I guess. 
until I started selling stuff on the internet and everything started to make sense. And so I sold this fitness program, Turbulence Training, for 15 years online and wrote for Men's Health Magazine for a long time. Uh, Then kind of had the paradox of freedom, uh, which is something that I describe. Everybody thinks they want true freedom, but they actually need structure in their lives. You need structure in your deals. You need structure in your fitness program. You need structure in your life so that you are actually productive and and have the best uh, well-being for you. So I actually, when I was able to go from being a full-time personal trainer to a full-time online business expert or fitness expert, I had all this free time and I, I would work all the time and I'd go out and drink all the time. And I was just doing all this stuff and it actually led to crippling anxiety attacks, which I then had to kind of figure out how to solve. And I did that in a few months. And then I wrote some books about productivity and overcoming anxiety. And then the Perfect Week Formula book, our latest book, which is really about helping people get shocking amounts of productivity done so that they have more free time. And it's been amazing to watch you use the formula to have weekends with the boys surfing and taking them skiing and tell their bike and bike uh, races and, and lacrosse games and for you and Jessica to go on amazing vacations. So you are just uh, one of the best students we have, and it's been awesome to watch your success. Oh, well, well th- I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that, you know, that we teach at, at Next Level Income um, with respect to investments and money to do that. But the truth is, you know, and you, you said something, you kind of alluded to it. I love the expression discipline equals freedom. You need, you need discipline. You need those guidelines. One of the um, lessons I've implemented here since working with you and Craig, Craig is my personal coach now. Um, which has really helped me take my life, my business to the next level. And I started taking three-day weekends every week, which I kind of felt like guilty in a sense in doing that. But I'm as, if not more productive now doing that. And it's, it's, it's just been, it's amazing. It's almost, it's almost easy now that the structure's there because I feel like I'm, I'm ahead of the ball. Yeah, and one of the interesting things there is that we need to slow down to speed up. So a lot of people think that, you know, to be successful, you have to add, add more stuff to the plate. But if you actually stop adding stuff to the plate and start giving yourself white space on your calendar to actually think, think through major problems and for you to also start focusing and really applying your mental effort on just one big problem rather than trying to solve 10 problems or run four businesses, but instead just to focus on, running one business at a world-class level. Not everybody is Elon Musk, okay? And like none of us are even close to Elon Musk and none of us want to work as e- as much as Elon Musk does or maybe even have 10 kids like Elon Musk does. But he's like 12 if, now, is it 12? It's crazy. I think it's 10. I think it's 10. <laughs> going, Depends on how many women have come forward uh, and <laughs> exactly. said that they've had kids with them. But if you, if you think about what your life looks like right now, you might u- use the analogy or your workload of the, uh, if you ever gone to Vegas and you've seen somebody pile food on a buffet plate, right? Yeah. There's not that much room in their stomach, but yeah, you go to a buffet and there's this paradox of choice. It's like the paradox of freedom. You, you know, paradox I'm going to take some of that. I'm going to take some of this. It's like, but really your favorite foods are pancakes and bacon. And yet you've taken waffles and you've taken muffins and you've taken all this stuff when all you really care about is pancakes and bacon. And it's the same analogy with our with our business and our careers is that we we think we have our eyes are bigger than our plate and we take on all these projects. We say yes to everything because we don't want to miss out on something. It could be the next big deal or it could be the thing that makes me a millionaire. 
When in fact, if you just focused on that one thing that really provides you a great income, and then, you know, the one good investment path, you're going to have much greater success that because you're going to be a greater expert in that you're going to be able to put more focus on it. And I know Warren Buffett has this phrase um, that he believes like, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and then watch it intensely where everybody else thinks, Oh, I got to get 19 different streams of income. I got to have a vending machine. I got to have this, I got to have that. I got to have Airbnb. And then I got to, and it's like, okay, you only look at the upside of it, but the opportunity cost alone, when you have too many projects, you know, it's stealing stomach space and it's uh, when you have too many things on your buffet plate and it's stealing brain space when you have too many projects. If you look at your mind as like a computer, you have, you know, your computer has CPU, computer uh, processing units. And if your computer's slow, it's because there's too many programs open doing too many things. We need to shut those things down and focus so that we can get ahead. Yeah. And I won't, I won't forget it. Like you and I were going through my goals for the year this year. And you said one thing to me, you said, you have too many goals, Chris. Trim them down. Figure out what's that one thing that's really going to move the needle and focus on that. And and I've had other coaching clients like you, and and you probably know who they are, even in your space. And you know, th- they even had like three trips and they had climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and getting six-pack abs. And it's like, okay, there's a now season in your it. life. Yeah, there's a season <laughs> in your life for these things. And yeah. when you want to raise a hundred million dollars for real estate deals. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro it does not belong in the same season of life. It is just too demanding. It's too taxing. Plus, you want to be a great husband and a great father to two kids. Whoa, slow down because something is going to break here and something's going to give as the old saying goes. So it's okay to be in a season of life where your focus is only on your family and only on generating enough income to invest. And then as you get into the next season, all right, great. Got enough money to invest. I can start looking at deals. Great. And then you're going to put focus on that because you kind of went through the seasons of your main focus was generating income through your sales job and, and you know being married and raising your young kids. And you were learning this stuff on the investment, but you probably weren't you know jumping in without doing your due diligence. And it's just making sure that you have the focus on things because otherwise you get too distracted and it's death by a thousand cuts. There's death by a thousand cuts, a lot of ways in productivity, having too many goals, you know, losing your focus, having too much transition every single day between, you know, I got a call here and then I'm in a meeting here and then I'm going to, you know, do 30 minutes of this. I'm going to study 30 minutes. Like that's, that's the wrong way of doing it because there's transition costs in there. It's death by a thousand cuts. You're much better off to have four hour block once per week on studying or evaluating deals or you know doing your calls and your meetings block that time and you're going to be much much more efficient i love that um there's there's several things i we we get hit on there um but you know one of the one of the big things craig is you said you can't do it all you know and i've you know certainly you know, I've said, okay, I'm going to prioritize my family on the weekends. And like, I, we go to lacrosse games and we go to cycling events or we, we, we travel and we do those things. I'm not, I'm not willing to compromise those. Um, there's a real, but, there's a good little cliche that I've seen recently. It's like, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Yeah. And if I you think that. about, okay, I mean, there's definitely limits on, on that, but if you look at it and you apply it practically to your life, listen, you can be you can be a scratch golfer. You can have 6% body fat. You can do triathlons. 
you can bench press 300 pounds. You can be a millionaire. You can do, okay, you could do any of those things. Like with enough work and, and the right coach, you can do any of those things, but you can't do all of them. And right. so therefore yeah. you have to pick. Yeah, And, you know, Chris, you've seen in my books, I, I have this phrase, your values and vision drive every decision because somebody's thinking, well, there's all these things I want to do. Great. Well, what's the vision for your, for your family? And what are the values that your family lives by? And you run everything through that filter and then it should become very clear about what you really want. What you really want is generational wealth for your family. If somebody's listening to this, it's probably a good um, description. You want generational wealth for your family. You want a strong family unit where everyone is loved and you want time for your family. And everything else is really a detour. You know, it's like, I use this analogy of the 30-year-old guy who wants to get married and have kids and you know, he's engaged to this really amazing girl. And, and so that's his straight line to success is, you know, continue on, get, you know, grow your wealth, build your relationship, get married, get that house, have that child. And then one of the buddies from college comes along and says, let's go to Vegas for a bachelor party. And that's a huge detour on life because one mistake on that weekend can blow up the entire straight line to success. And so if you have your values and vision, I mean, I'm not saying you can't go, but you need to go with the right behavioral parameters in place. But also, you're probably just better off not going at all. And so it having knowing your values and your vision and then having a very simple decision filter makes things very simple. And that's a, a structure equals freedom approach. Structure equals freedom. If you a nutrition uh, analogy is if you do intermittent fasting and you only eat between, you know, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And somebody says, hey, let's go out for all you can eat breakfast uh, Saturday morning at eight. You're like, well, we can go, but I don't eat uh, at eight o'clock. I don't eat till 10 o'clock. Or, you know, let's go to the place at, you know, for an eight o'clock dinner. No, I finished eating at six. I can go, I can sit there, but I'm not eating. And it just makes things very simple because that structure gives you free in your life. It, it really does. And even saying those things like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't drink after dinner. I don't eat before 11 a.m. You know, I... I don't, you know, I, I don't eat bread, whatever it may be for you. I don't drink beer. Um, if you say those things out loud, you know them, you believe them, it leads to that. And for me, you know, one thing I learned from you is creating that vision, that life vision. And that became my filter. I was presented with an opportunity when I was still in my W-2 role. And I looked at it, it as very enticing. It was a big promotion. And it presented me with an opportunity for a lot of status. And when I when I stopped and I thought about it, I looked at my vision. And I thought, you know what, this is not this is not what I see for myself three years from now. And I was able to avoid that distraction, avoid that shiny object because I had that filter. And what I find, Craig, is not a lot of people take the time to create that filter and that vision for their own lives. No, it, it's um, I don't know. Have you ever done the Strength Finders test? Yes. Right. So I think like strategic and I'm not sure if vision is on there, but there's like strategic and futuristic. Those are two of my biggest strategic planner is my uh, profile. And, and so for me, like, I just naturally think about that stuff almost all the time. Like, right. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about what I'm doing in January and, you know, we're recording this in late October, but I'm literally thinking about my January calendar because I'm so futuristic and I'm not saying that that's the right thing. Sometimes I can get a little bit ahead of myself, but that's the way that I think. And so naturally creating a vision for my life and knowing what I want 
I don't understand when people don't know, but that's actually just a normal thing. Like people don't think into the future. And so years ago, when I started doing my coaching, I actually had a bit of imposter syndrome because like, why would anybody come to me for help? Why do people need help with this? Why can't they figure this out on their own? It's, it's so obvious, but the majority of people are not strategic, visionary, futuristic thinkers. And I developed a series of techniques that draws that out of their heads that gets it down on paper in a very simple way, you know, like in an hour's time. And now they have basically the treasure map for their life. Because everybody, everybody in life is actually wandering around. Treasure map for your life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And and everyone is wandering around looking for a treasure. But imagine you were on a desert island, you know, like the pirate movies always show. And okay, great. You're on a you're on a desert island and there's a treasure here. Well, I mean, even if it was just a square, a couple square miles, like good luck. But if you have a treasure map with an X marks the spot, which is your straight line to success. Oh, okay. I know exactly how to go and find this treasure. Yeah, there might there there's good some pitfalls along the way and some difficulty to ter, difficult terrain, but I n- at least know what direction I'm going in. And that's the way I'm going to find my treasure. So I help people understand what their treasure is and then build that most efficient line to get there. Because otherwise, you know, everybody knows people that just wandered around in life, even if they have a high income job who have no money, you know, maybe even in debt, they are on their third marriage. And it's like, you're, you know, God bless you. You're just a lost soul. And I feel bad for you. And I don't ever want to be that person. Yeah. And so I, I help the, I help people avoid that. Yeah. Now, what I found is, you know, even my coaching clients, the ones with that vision, they, are more productive just week to week. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, this is such a far out vision, but you're not distracted by everything. And it's just amazing to see that. Um, right, right. Because when you know what matters, and I think that there's a couple levels, well, there's a few levels to it. It's like, you got to know what matters. And then even when, like some people know what matters and they still make a lot of mistakes. So it's kind of this thing you refine over time. Like, Sometimes you need a reminder, like, hey, you remember what matters. Like, yeah, 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 right, right, right. And then they need to build those parameters, which a lot of people don't have decision parameters. And you obviously use decision parameters when you're looking at a deal. And so this is a great example. Like everybody listening to this, in some way, shape, or form in your career, however you earn money, there is some definite decision trees that go into how you move forward, whether you are in an operating room and there's a checklist whether there's parameters around what you can say on a sales call because of SEC guidelines or um, FTC guidelines or medical industry guidelines, like you've got these boundaries. And again, what do the boundaries give us? They give us freedom Freedom. to perform at a high level. Because if you go outside the boundaries in any sport, um, you're penalized. And you go outside the boundaries in a sales pitch, you're penalized. And so you need those boundaries to stay on track. And it's the same thing with knowing what matters in our life. If we go outside the boundaries of it, we're going to get bit in the butt. And it can happen once, but if you're doing it multiple times, you got a problem and you need to get that fixed. Absolutely. You know, as I as we talk here, I, I glance over your shoulder. I see your beautiful family, which I've been, been yeah. fortunate enough to meet. And I think if we go back to that first episode, Craig, you, um, I don't think you and your, your wife were together at that point. No, and- definitely not. 
I think it's a lot easy, you know, people, you know, may say, Oh, Craig, you know, most disciplined men, Oh, it's easy. You know, no family, no kids to distract you, no worries here. But you know, this episode is the perfect week for dads. And, you know, you and I are both dads now. What are some things that you've learned here since becoming a father? And, and has your, has your routine, have your boundaries changed at all? Some of the things have changed, but only uh, to make it easier for me to stick to those boundaries. And so, I mean, everybody who's a, a father, like the things that you learn when you have a child, um, I mean, it's just, it's more amazing than any person could describe to a new dad. So if there's any new dads or expectant dads out there, it's more unbelievable than you can ever possibly imagine. It's more unbelievable than any other other father could try and explain to you. And so from the baby giggles to, you know, the baby farts, you know, it's hilarious when you know, your <laughs> four month old little girl rips one um, in her sleep. You know, that, that's amazing. I mean, how does getting better than that? Uh, so, so fatherhood is amazing. Um, it's, it will, it doesn't matter how patient you think you are now, it will, it will make you even more patient. So patience was never a virtue of mine. It's becoming better. Um, but in terms of the schedule, the foundational principles do not change. Although the tactics and specifics might, the foundational principles don't change. And what are the foundational principles? One, better planning and preparation than ever before. It doesn't matter if you want to, you know, go back to all those goals we listed before, scratch golfer, triathlon, et cetera. If you're going to succeed in any of those physical goals, you need better planning and preparation than ever before. You want to lose, lose 30 pounds and you never have, it's because you haven't done the planning and preparation, the level of planning and preparation that you need for your meals and your workouts and all the obstacles. So planning and preparation every week, every day, every month. Uh, well in advance of when our baby came along, you know, what are we going to do in this situation? What are we going to do in this situation? How are we going to be able to do this? And so on and so forth. One, a couple of the best pieces of advice that I received before I became a father was one uh, from my friend Ed O'Keefe on his podcast. He said, the best advice he ever got, he passed on to me. He said, somebody said to him, listen, you can be tired and your wife can be tired, but you can't be tired at the same time. Because everybody who has been a, a father, a parent, a mother, of course, and I'm sure there's mothers listening too, and I don't want to single that out, but you know what fatigue does to you. And you know um, you love the person that you're with and you love your baby, but chronic fatigue can can make us turn into different people almost. And so that advice of you can be tired and your wife can be tired, but you can't be tired at the same time helped my wife work out some sleep schedules so that one of us was tired, which was fine, but both of us were not exhausted. So that was a big thing. The planning and preparation, um, you know, I'm, I'm just this type of person who's like, if we don't have three bottles loaded up with water and ready to go and, and maybe one in the fridge and because we use formula because, uh, um, to feed our baby, Michelle didn't breastfeed. And so it's like, we've got all the formula uh, bottles and they're ready to go and they're all cleaned. And like, th this just runs through my mind all the time. And here's the diaper thing is stacked. And, and, you know, it's a diaper bag. Does it have redundancy built in because everybody's been out and like, oh, like I think the other week I forgot, I either forgot formula in the bag or, I, and so I had to run out, we were at a restaurant and I had to run to a local pharmacy to buy formula because we had everything else, but for some reason, the formula got left out. 
So you get in those situations, but now there's a can of formula and one of these little canisters that dispenses it. So we got, yeah, we got redundancies and everything. Yeah. And so that level of planning and preparation, which is something that I always, the business and for my workouts as a single guy, now I've just applied it to being a father. Yeah. And then also asking for help. You know, this is, it's a foundational principle that you do in your business, you do in your investing, yeah. you do in your workouts, you do when you're feeling down, you got to reach out for help. And so, or whether you want to improve your golf score, your cycling scores, you reach out for help. And so we hired extra help. Um, would much we I've always thought about buying back my time in terms of whether it's editing my videos or whether it is, um, cutting my lawn or whether it is getting some assistance with the baby around the house, we're going to buy back some of our time so that we can still do some of our things. Then in terms of the actual daily schedule. I get up at the same time. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm, you know, in here, here it goes back to the sleep schedules. I'm on middle of the night feeding duty. If baby wakes up and, you know, last night she slept 11 hours, but some nights she nice. sleeps five hours and then I feed her and then I go back to bed and she goes back to bed. And then once it gets to four o'clock, I tend, I don't use an alarm, but I get, I get up anywhere from quarter to four to four thirty like normal. And I go to work and then my wife, Michelle is on baby duty. So she puts her to bed at like seven o'clock and sleep and gives her the last bottle. And then everything after that until four 30 or five in the morning is my duty. And then it becomes Michelle's duty again. So, so we have that yeah, planned yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And clear. And I work from on a good day, four until six, sometimes six 30 if the baby sleeps longer. And then from six to six thirty, or uh, starting at six or six thirty until eight in the morning, it's family time. And this includes we take the dog out for a walk, and it's it's all of us. We go for a, a dog plus baby plus mom and me. We go for a walk that's about forty five minutes, and we take Daisy to this little lake, and she plays. Daisy's our yellow lab. And then eight o'clock, we get back, and our nanny shows up. And then I work from eight until four with a one, sometimes two hour lunch break for a workout and lunch. Um, today, I even had a massage. Uh, great gym. Plus great gym you go to, by the way. Well, I don't, I don't go there as much anymore because we move further away. And so, oh, so oh, I'm in, okay. so this is a great, this yeah. is a great season of life example yeah. though. All yeah. right. I'm a fitness guy. I love it. Yeah. You, you, it used to be a, a five minute drive to the gym. Yeah. Now we move further away and there's yeah. construction on the road. So oh, it would yeah. be a three hour, three hour there. round trip, even if I only did a 45 minute workout. So I just don't go yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. Fortunately, we moved to a new place where there's a gym across the street. Now, is it as good? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, it's probably like five times bigger than your regular hotel gym. And, you know, the same kind of quality stuff you'd see in there, dumbbells and some cables and some machines. But that's I'm not in the season of life of trying to be the strongest man in the gym or anything like I was when I was 30. So that's got to go. Because all that matters to me is, you know, am I strong enough to hold up, you know, carry my baby without and and pain free? Because when yep, just before absolutely. we had our baby, I had a real bad shoulder problem. And it's like, mm -hmm. what's more important to me is not working out, but actually fixing my shoulder. So I kind of reduced my training, started taking massage seriously, which has been an incredible help uh, once I found the right massage person and, you know, not doing any stupid exercises and so I just can't train four days per week anymore, but that's the season of life I'm in. And yeah. so then 
you know, I usually from 11 to one, I'm off. And then in the afternoon, I do calls like this and film videos. And then at four o'clock, hard stop for, and, and that's another thing, a foundational principle you need is boundaries. You Absolutely. need boundaries and you need public accountability and accountability is somebody you deeply not want, do not want to disappoint. So I say I have four o'clock boundaries on podcasts all the time because that is a support system for me to stick to it because I don't want to be seen as a hypocrite. So then from four o'clock till eight o'clock, you know, we, we, we swim, our, our baby is really good in the water at, uh, she's almost eight months old. She takes swimming classes twice a week, which is like you pour water on the baby's head and you know, kind of have her kick and float around. It's not very much, but she's very comfortable in the water, which we're very happy about. And so today we'll either do that lesson or we'll just do one in our, in our pool in the backyard. And then we will go for another walk, possibly. We'll play in the little playpen she has, and we'll uh, have a good time as a family. We, we here, and another thing is systems. Another foundational principle is systems. So, in our previous house, we had a typical living room right beside the kitchen, big TV, and so we would watch about twenty or thirty minutes of Netflix almost every day. I put a hard cap on it. So I put a boundary on I the amount that. of Netflix. Yeah, I love that. One, one episode. I think one episode, is that what you said? Sometimes we don't even get through an episode. Because I'm yeah. like, hey, it's 20 minutes. Is up. Oh, especially if, like, if it's an hour episode, it's like you don't get through one at night. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, and my wife always bugs me. But I said, it's just, we're not doing any more. But, to, but in this new house, just the way that it's set up, it's inconvenient to watch television in our house you have to go upstairs you have to it's not a big room we're never in that room and so we don't watch television anymore which means we have more time to focus on hanging out and planning trips and all that sort of stuff and then so important yeah and then we get the baby to bed at seven and you know, we're pretty much sometimes to go 8 o'clock and well, or seven thirty, but almost always by eight o'clock. And then the last thing is we have date night tonight. It's we moved our date nights to Wednesday. Oh, nice! And it's every Wednesday, and it's we start pretty early. You know, we'll we'll leave the house four thirty, five o'clock, and try and be home by seven or seven thirty. Usually after the baby after the baby's been put to bed uh, by um, a nanny, and then. You know, we still get to bed on time. So the, that's the, beautiful. And, and then weekends, I work a little bit on Saturday mornings, maybe a little bit Sunday after late Sunday afternoon to kind of tidy up for the week. But it's way less than I used to. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I've, I've implemented a lot of those things. And the big thing that you mentioned, Craig, which is, you know, you can you can focus on one thing at a time. Once you get that wheel rolling, you can outsource it. You can find somebody else to do it. You know, so buying back your time, as you mentioned, it doesn't just have to be your lawn or cleaning your house or doing your grocery shopping. It can also be an aspect of your business that maybe you shouldn't be doing, like you were saying, outsourcing podcast production um, or even writing a book, which, by the way, I have um, I've got I don't I don't keep a lot of hard books. I, I, I have most of my stuff on Kindle, which. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of our big rules in our family is no screens in bedrooms. So there's no TVs, right. no computers in bedrooms. Um, we got two boys, um, soon to be teenage and that's, that's super important, but I got your perfect day formula. I got unstoppable as you talked about on the first episode, but tell the audience how they can get a copy of your perfect week formula and learn how you can have a perfect week. Even, even if you're a dad. Yeah, absolutely. So this book is based on me working with probably about 1500 um, busy executive fathers, entrepreneur fathers, and 
I have time tested this in about 75 different workshops. And the perfect week format will show you how to squeeze more juice out of every hour of life. So that, and that includes like on the personal side. And the perfect week formula, you can get a copy at perfectweekformula.com. It's also on Amazon. Um, and if, uh, if you want the audio book, you can just send me a message on Instagram at Real Craig Valentine. Awesome. And uh, for those that don't know, I got this hat in the mail. It says yeah. uh, 11 out of 10 if you're listening. And uh, Craig, maybe you can tell uh, the audience, you know, the story kind of like I've, I've heard it before, but what is 11 out of 10? What does that mean? Why right. is it on my so, right. So Yeah. So coaching clients like Chris, every week they have to answer 10 questions in an accountability email to me. And one of the the first question is on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your week? And I've been doing this since about 2016 with hundreds of clients. So I've received, you know, tens of thousands of email replies. And I noticed a trend. I noticed that there were really three types of people. First of all, there were people like me and, and like you, Chris, where it's like, yeah, it's either an eight, nine, maybe it's a 10, it, you know, on a bad week, I might give it a seven. So that's kind of like the normal response. Then there was another type of person who, um, you know, one of my clients actually did this the other week, an employee quit and they gave it a one out of 10. And wow. I had to stop because of, listen, I'm like, I would, I think I could, I think I could, I could scratch out a one if I was on my deathbed. I'd be like, Hey, send Craig this email. I know it's Saturday. Yeah. I'm probably not going to make it till next Saturday. Um, tell right. me it's a one because it's, it's getting pretty bad. <laughs> right. And so, so I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. And usually it's a young entrepreneur or a beginner entrepreneur. And I was like, understand that you can never have a one out of 10 week. Mm. You know, your employee left. Like, and, and if you're, if one of your employees left or you got a big refund or a big client canceled or whatever, and you rank your week a one out of 10, what are you going to rank it? And how are you going to respond when something really bad actually happens, mm -hmm. right? Because I have this little yeah. stick where I say, as an entrepreneur, you have to be prepared to wake up on a morning where your dog has run away, your spouse is super angry at you, threatening to leave, and you've been punched in the gut and your business is sucking. All four of those things could happen on a single day. And you have to wake up Easy. with a smile and go to the go to your business and and your employees cannot see that you, you have to actually be at a greater attitude than every single one of your employees, even if all four of those things have happened. And so when people hit the panic button and hit a one out of 10, I get really, really concerned that they might not have the fortitude to be an entrepreneur yeah. because an employee leaving is like two points off. Because that's going to happen all the time. You better get used to it. And, yeah. and this is, you know, some people are going to win the lottery and leave. Some people are going to have personal problems and leave. Some people are going to start off amazing and slowly, as like the phrase is now, quiet quitting. You know, they're going to quiet yeah. quit on you. Some people are going to loudly quit on you. Um, we've had, you know, we're, we're gym owners and we've had people, trainers, back when we were young and naive, quit. And the next day, open a gym on the same street and take 30% of our clients. Like, okay, that's like a three-point loss down, you know, but it's yeah, still not a one a out of 10. That's a, that's a kick. That's a that's yeah. a kick in the gut. So to know, like, so, you know, we, we got this uh, entrepreneur client of ours off the ledge and everything was okay. So there was that type of person, the person who hits the panic button way too soon. But you then there was, this, there was this third group. This third group of people who were even on their worst day, when they were on their deathbed, 
they were like, yeah, I was 11 out of 10 this week, but you know, normally I'm a 20 out of 10. And so, and I would get like, like there was this one guy where it just kept on going up every week and it was a 33 out of 10. And then it was a 52 out of 10. And it was like, okay, whatever. I was kind of rolling my eyes at first. And, but then I noticed there was a group of people that did it. Yeah. And the commonality is that nothing bad could happen to them. And they always had this positive attitude. And so for me, like I'm a skeptical person and I would never think outside the boundaries, generally not think outside the boundaries of seven, eight, nine, or 10. You know, it's kind of like when you have those nine dots and you got to connect all nine dots using only straight lines. And yeah, yeah, most people are like, they they don't leave the box, right? Oh, oh, it's obvious once you leave, leave the box. And so this is out of the box thinking. And so the 11 out of 10, I realized I gave it a name. I said, grateful persistence that even in the face of your toughest week, you're always an 11 out of 10. You're always a positive person. You're always optimistic. You're always in a great energetic mood. You're an 11 out of 10 because you are grateful that you have the opportunity to persist against any problems that are coming your way. And so your baseline thus needs to be an 11 out of 10. And I'm not going to lie and say every day I'm an 11 out of 10. There's days where, you know, like at the end of yesterday, I think I had six hours of calls, two hours of filming, some other frustrations. And about six o'clock at night, I was not looking like I was an 11 out of 10. And my tonality was probably not 11 out of 10. But I still was pretty grateful for all those problems I had. I have gratitude, everything. That's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I just lie in bed and, and say a few things I'm grateful for. Grateful, like, I just can't believe that you know, I get paid to do what I do. Um, considering my first job, Chris was digging ditches for $2 and 85 cents an hour when I was 12 years old. And that was after working for years on the farm for free, right? Picking rocks yeah. and all this, this stuff. And so to thinking to what I got paid for what I was doing back then compared to what I get paid to do today, but I solve bigger problems for, you know, very successful people. Therefore, that's why I do get paid what I get paid. But and so I'm just like, man, I am just such so grateful for this. And I'm grateful for so many things, the little things in life. Um, you know, right before this, I saw a YouTube ad of a guy that I know who whose business is probably like four times bigger than mine. And he is wearing these fancy sunglasses and leather jacket. And I was like, that's cool. But you could probably get the same outfit for like 20 bucks at Target. Um, and I'd be grateful for that. So so I'm just grateful for the little things in life. And most importantly, my family. And so for everybody who is a family-oriented person, I I know that you'll have gotten a lot of ideas and values about the foundational principles. You could be an 11 o'clock in the morning wake-up person. You could be an all-nighter type person. But the foundational principles of better planning and preparation than ever before, systems, gratitude, all that sort of stuff that we talked about, boundaries, those things will can be used. Whatever your 24-hour clock is, you can apply it. Absolutely. And be successful. I love it, and I love uh, the expression. You know, you said if you had if you had twenty four gold coins every day, you know, what would you what would you do with each of those yeah. gold coins? Would you throw yeah. them away? How are you spending that? How would you spend them? So, if you want to learn how to do it, the exact formula that I used, get a copy of Craig's book that you're seeing here on the screen, the Perfect Week Formula, uh, PerfectWeekFormula.com. Craig, thank you so much for joining us again, my man. This has been great, Chris. Get me all fired up. 